Welcome back to our first forward-looking postseason Twins show here at Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks for spo- thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsors, Aquarius Home Services. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio, and All Energy Solar, AllEnergySolar.com. If you know of anybody who would like to sponsor the Chin Music Show during this off season, when we have a lot of fun, or during next season, which is a very promising season for the Twins, you can reach our sales executive Karen Cleary at KCLEARY at TalkNorth.com. Thanks for producer Brandon Morton. And let, let's get to it, guys. I thought I would throw out some names and see whether you guys think they should be back. And you can take that to mean anything you want, whether the Twins should want them back, whether they want to come back, whether it's reasonable, whether they fit. How, take it however you like, and let's discuss some key Twins figures. The lineup today, former Twins All-Star and current Twins broadcaster Roy Smalley, Lavelle E. Neal III, from the Star Tribune, I'm Jim Suhan, also from the Star Tribune. And let's start with Sonny Gray, and let's start with Roy. Do you think Sonny Gray should be back next year? Um, remind me what his age is. <laughs> I will look it up as we talk. 33, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say 33 or 34. So, uh, 34. so that's going to be the toughest decision that they uh, they have to make. And I, my response is going to be, um, as, as long as they, as long as they don't break the bank, they got to sign them. Um, because I don't know what they do otherwise. I mean, they, they, all of a sudden he, he, he may not be the sunny gray of this last year, uh, two years from now, but I'm wondering who the twins have in their plans that can be the sunny gray from two, two years from now, uh, whatever, whatever they're and my caveat here, if they don't break the bank, I mean, Sonny, there, there could be a team that comes in and, said, and says, here's how much money we'll give you, at which point in time I said, no, you know what, you can't do that. Um, but, but in all reasonableness, uh, I'm a yes. Lavelle? Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think if you just look at it from a talent uh team building standpoint, you say, yeah, Sonny Gray should be part of the rotation next year. It's much more complicated than that. Um, you know, it depends, you know, he's worked long and hard to get to this point where he could be a free agent and he's going to, you know, he's going to check in with different teams and see what his value is. You know, according to sport track, you know, he, he delivered like $20 million worth of uh, value this year. Uh, can the twins afford to pay that to Sonny? Can they find someone who could pitch closer to Sonny uh, level for a little, little bit less? Uh, that's where it gets tricky. Uh, the rotation for next year looks, you know, has the makings of being pretty good with Chris Paddock getting healthy. And, of course, uh, Pablo Lopez, Bailey Ober, um, Joe Ryan. and Joe Ryan. You know, so um, that's that, that's a decent core. But it could use one more veteran arm, and Sonny definitely delivers that, man. So, but – like I said, it's, easy, it's easier said than done because if if he wants twenty million dollars a year, I don't know if the Twins are going to be willing to go that far with him, or my, or even if they should. Right. Correct. And my my guess is that he's going to look for somewhere between three years seventy five and three years ninety five, and I'll be really interested if the St. Louis Cardinals might be willing to pay that. Uh, they they said they need three new starting pitchers. They have money to spend. They still have, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado and great players. They want to contend right away. 
my guess is a team like the Cardinals will blow the Twins out of the water and sign Sonny Gray. I can see that. Can That's see my that. guess there. All right, let's move to player number two. Uh, this might be easier. Willie Castro, is he back? Should he be back? Let's start with Lavelle. Absolutely. Uh, you bring Willie back. Um, it was a successful year for him. He, he provides infield defense. He can play center field. He pro- provides speed. Still 30 bags coming off the bench Amazing. for spot starting. You know, um, and I got to give him credit because there were so many times during the first two, three months of the season where the Twins are staring at uh, uh, a roster uh, overload. And I was like, this is it for Willie. <laughs> Willie's not going to survive this one. But then something would happen and Willie would stay. And then all of a sudden you look up in July and August, like, man, this guy actually, you know, uh, brings some value to this team. So um, I definitely bring back Willie. Um, Rocco, you know, showed that if he has someone with speed, he's going to utilize them. And it's always great to have that type of tool in your toolbox. So I'm pro Willie. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I think it's a no, it's a no brainer, especially given the way, um, well, the, the number one reason, uh, injuries just happen. I guess they're going to be with us for the rest of our lives in, in, in baseball. It's, it's amazing. I don't, it, it's just totally different now. Guys get hurt. And the, the flexibility that, that uh, the Twins have with where Willie Castro can play and play respectively, um, you know, third base, any of the outfield positions, shortstop if, if they absolutely had to have him uh, there, uh, it, it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a no-brainer just, just because of injuries and, and how well he fill in for anybody that does get hurt. And then to Lavelle's point, I mean, he actually, I mean, just stealing 30 some, uh, bases is, um, is in his role. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty incredible. He drove in some big runs. I mean, some really big runs. It's hard pressed to see, to say that for the total six month period of time of the season, there was anybody way more valuable than Willie Castro was to this team. Agreed. I won't even add anything to what you guys said. I think you wrapped it up nicely. Kyle Farmer, let's start with Roy. Uh, I I think so. Um, It really depends. I mean, so much of this discussion will end up revolving around Brooks Lee, most likely. Um, And um, I I think that what uh, Farmer, again, the flexibility to play second, short, or third, um, is uh, is big. He's a tough out at the plate, uh, and you know, in the context of well, you can't keep everybody. It, in my mind, we haven't even gotten to where they really have to improve the ball club yet, anyway. So I think, you know, we're probably going to talk about Donovan Solano as well. I mean, I I think you got to I, I think you got to keep those guys uh, and make some make some moves elsewhere on the in the lineup and on the field. Uh, those guys are tr- really good veteran role players, bench guys. I think that was one of the strengths of their team compared to the last five, six, ten years is that they actually had big league players coming off the bench when they needed to. I'm pro farmer. <laughs> I, but they are going to have an infield cr- uh, a crunch for infielders next year. Uh, tell me if, you know, if Jorge Polanco's coming back, you know, um, but you can't go wrong with having a bona fide, you know, a guy who's got starting experience is short, you know, on on your bench. Um, 
But, you know, we're looking at next year. Brooks Lee is going to be in the conversation at some point. Um, Austin Martin, it sounds like uh, the way uh, Derek Falvey spoke about Austin, he really likes uh, his uh, defense on center field. So he could he could have the uh, maybe the Michael A. Taylor role next year at, at some point. So you're still going to have um, a kind of a, a numbers crunch in the infield. So I, I, I like Kyle Farmer a lot. He's steady. He's reliable. He can actually, you know, charge, uh, light, light up a pitch once in a while, knock it over the fence. Um, but you know, if I, I would lean toward bringing him back. I think I would. Um, he's a veteran guy. Um, one of the reasons that the twins thrive this year is because they attacked the bottom third of their, of their uh, roster better than they have in recent years, um, having battle tested guys like farmer on it. So I would, think that formula would be in play again for 2024 and you guys brought up Solano let's go to Solano and Lavelle <laughs> um I like watching Solano hit I do not like watching Solano uh catch or throw a baseball <laughs> so um, I thought he played pretty well at first yeah uh, he was he was okay I think that he has some he has a hiccupy moments there footwork issues and things like that I'm I'm not saying he's terrible, but I just get nervous when he's when he's got when he's got a glove in his hand and he's in the field. So, um, you know, so what's overlooked about Donovan is that he was a 2020 uh, uh, silver slugger at second base with the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he proved he can come in and it, you you needed you needed some help against left-handed pitching, and he definitely helped out on that. Um, but I think the way the infield situation is, is setting is setting up that the Twins are probably. I think they should maybe move on from him. Um, uh, like I say, he's not that great defensively. He can't hit, but I think they're going to have other options too. Uh, youthful, youthful, talented options um, uh, to put in play here. Uh, it would help that if Alex Kirilov stayed healthy, uh, <laughs> uh, or and that would uh, you know keep uh, they keep the need for Donovan. That wouldn't it would, wouldn't require Donovan to be on a roster if. if Kirilov could be the everyday first baseman instead of, you know, worrying about something else breaking down with his wrist or his shoulder or whatever. So uh, I'm leaning no toward Donovan. (laughs) Well, again, I mean, it depends on so many things. I know they've got Lavelle's right. They've got an infield crunch. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. If you don't like Solano's defense, then you can't like Eddie Julian's defense. Um, (laughs) I, I thought Solano played a better first base than Julian did second base. So if it's, if it's going to be Brooks Lee at second base or Polanco at, at second base, I mean, we're getting to a point in our conversation now where I would say Solano's probably no, Uh, I probably don't bring him back, but I need to have Polanco start the year. At second base, and maybe you trade. We're getting to the point of the conversation where we say, "Okay, this is not no, you know October, November, or even spring training conversation. This is what's going to happen in in uh, June, and what's going to happen in June." Kepler may be traded, Polanco may be traded, and maybe Austin Martin and Brooks Lee have hit their way to the big leagues. But I just don't know that you say they've hit their way to the big leagues yet. So. Just to say, well, they've got an infield crunch. You know, I know that potentially they do, but in my mind, not yet. Uh, Kirilov is a problem for me at first base just because of injuries. It's like saying, well, we're fine in center field. You've got Buxton. 
No, you don't. You've got Buxton for 70 games a year until he proves otherwise. In the same way with with Kirilov. And Kirilov, and maybe his shoulder was bothering him this whole time, but he his, his, his at-bats really didn't. I don't think I've ever seen anybody foul back a down-the-middle fastball as often. Not swing and miss. Just foul it back and get himself in a tough count where now he has a hard time. Now he's got his... He's got to be looking to hit the ball to left field, you know, active two strikes, and he just gets himself in tough situations. So I, I think the first base situation is really up in the air, and I think we don't know if Brooks, uh, if Brooks Lee is going to be ready on uh, March 30th, and I think that they need a power hitting either corner outfielder or uh, DH. So I, I'm no to Solano just because they got to figure out how in the world they're going to get some more professional hitters in the offense. Good stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking glowingly of uh, Julian's defense either, but he is younger, has more upside, I think, than, uh, than uh, Solano. Well, I mean, Solano's just a stopgap, and, and probably you keep Farmer, and Farmer can play first base, you know I mean, as well as yeah. Solano did, most likely. Right. And, and so, I mean, I think that's why he's I, – I think that's why he's expendable. As much as I love how – Tough and out. I mean, it, this guy not only hit left-handed pitching, but he he got some gigantic hits against tough right-handers as well. So I, you know, I would I, I would luckily say I don't keep Solano, but it's uh, it, it's it, it's a problem for me because of the because I don't think the first base situation is settled, even if Kirloff is healthy. That's good stuff. Hey, we want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between, whether you're talking about your home, your business, or both. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach or just go to allenergysolar.com and find out everything you need about going solar again home business or both all right michael a taylor uh roy uh well uh, uh there yes uh, yes you, you have to keep him and again maybe he's no longer on the team in june or july maybe he's he's part of the trade because austin martin you know can can come up and and uh and play it as well as lavelle says that falby thinks he can I, I think that's unclear at this point. Uh, if if he's a big league player, and I think, you know, I, I think you have to sign, you, you have to bring him, Michael Taylor. I mean, you know, terrific center field defense and twenty home runs. I mean, I, yep. I don't know how to bring him back with Buxton being, with with Buxton being so uh, injury prone. Yeah, if you if you told me how many games Buxton was going to be available for next year, I, you could talk me into saying no to Michael Taylor, but. No, I think, yeah, I bring Michael E. Taylor back um, it, because of his flexibility in the outfield, his pedigree defensively, and uh, the fact that uh, you just don't know how Buck's knee is going to respond to surgery. Um, you know, uh, it would end up being a shrewd move, you know, last year when they traded for him um, as a backup, as a plan B to Byron, and, uh, you know, they may need him again next year. So I, I, would, uh, I would bring Michael A. Taylor back. Uh, in this mix, and you're right, um, being able to play good defense and hit 20 homers, that's that's pretty good bench value or or fill-in value if you need them to start more than a couple of games a week. 
No doubt. All right, Max and Kepler. And he can button. He can steal a base. I, I yes. Mean, I just think he, he's real valuable. Yeah, and he's a pro too. Uh, all right, Max Kepler, Lavelle. Ooh. All right. Now you now you now you're hitting on the uh, the tough ones here. Um, I. I wanted Kepler DFA'd in June when he was batting like 205. I may have been worse than that and not showing any ability to hit the ball hard. But uh, his revitalization during the second half of the season was pretty remarkable. And it was one of the reasons why the offense, you know, kind of came around because he started hitting again and started showing some emotion at the plate here. Um, I'm I'm leaning toward uh, I think the future is is Walner. And I think the future may be Larnick. I still haven't closed the book on him. Um, I, if, if you're telling me I got to you know, keep an eye out on payroll, I don't know if I'm picking up the option. I, I don't know. Um, I'm leaning no on that right now. Um, just because if you look over his last few years, besides the second half of this year, the last time he was a threat was like the 2019 season, you know? So I, I think I'm moving on, especially when you got some, you got some young outfielders uh, that, that need steady playing time. So I think it's a it's a it's a big it's a big question mark, and I will and I will before I answer what I do I, I'm just going to say why I think it's a question mark. I think that if you have if you have two left-handed hitting corner outfielders uh, that have not been uh, bigger run producers than you know Walner and Kepler uh, were the second half of the season, and I know Walner's upside and all that kind of stuff, but when they got against, when they got into tough pitching, and when they got into the playoffs, uh, all of a sudden Max's you know great approaches at the plate you know just kind of went away. I hit a double, I think, against uh, against Houston uh, in the first game at home, I believe. But other than that, they were throwing fastballs by him, and and uh, it, it, I like his right field defense, and I I would say as a sixth or seventh place hitter in the lineup. Okay, but then I think, that, but then you match that with another left-handed strikeout-prone guy in in Walner, and you don't have a you don't have a you know a, a really good right-handed hitting DH. I mean, I think I think they have issues if it's going to be Kirilov and Walner and Kepler, or Kirilov, Walner, and Larnick. I think they've got issues. I don't think I I, I just I, I don't see that as um as being the Houston Astros lineup and I don't see it as being the Texas Rangers lineup and I don't see it as being the Phillies lineup you know and I don't see it being the Dodgers lineup or the Braves lineup and so I mean I think they I think they've got they still have to get another big hitter at, at DH if they want to play those at least if they want to play any combination of those four left-handers at the three spots at first base and the two corners Interesting. Really interesting. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're going to talk more about Kepler next week. Uh, for the purpose of this show, let's move on to Polanco Roy. Yeah, you bring him back. Trade him in June or July if you have, you know, if, if, it, if that's the way you need to go. But you gotta, you got to bring him back. I want, I want Jorge back. I like the switch hitting ability. He makes him a good fit for the lineup. Uh, I still, I think it's for the most part, he takes really good at bats. I, I know he doesn't draw a lot of walks, but it seems like he fights through a lot of at bats and is able to keep a bats alive. Um, and I think he's fine defensively at second. I, I just think that uh, he, he's a capable offensive player and I, he's the type of guy I think the twins can't afford to lose and they need to have 
more guys like Polanco than fewer. So I would, I would, I would bring Orhe back. I bat him second all year, you know, right behind Julian. I like, I, I like how the, the lineup kind of shook out as the season went along, and as as soon as Rocco found a guy who could hit leadoff in Julian and a guy in um, Royce Lewis could bat third or fourth. So um, I like, I like Polanco batting early in game. So I bring Orhe back. Um, that means you're breaking up the uh, bromance between uh, Kepler and, and Orhe because uh, they were from the same international signing class. They were roommates when they first became professionals. I think they announced their contract extensions on the same day as well. Uh, so, and they were like two of the longest tenured uh, twins. But uh, I, I take uh, I take Orhe, and I would probably let Kepler walk. Last day of the regular season, I would have said keep Kepler, let Polanco walk. Uh, in part because of what Roy's talking about, toughness of the bats in the postseason. Now I'm, I think Polanco is definitely back. I think they're going to pick up Kepler's option, but I'm not sure at the moment. And if they don't, it'll probably be what Roy said. He just didn't look like he was up to, up to the level of competition in the postseason. All right, let's go to Emilio Pagan. Another guy I didn't think we'd be having this conversation about. Let's start with Roy. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I think he's he's proven himself to be really serviceable. I mean, I don't think he's the he's the be all and and end all uh, at all, especially the end all at the end of a game necessarily. But I don't think that you can say uh, that anybody can say that he didn't get a lot of outs for him uh, when they needed to get uh, outs. And sometimes in really big situations where you know the other guy, other guys weren't available. So you have an arm. That's going to be a numbers game. I can't say you don't bring him back because, or you, or you do. I can't. I can't answer the question because I don't know. I, I don't know who they're, you know, what the what the other numbers are. I don't know who else they would, you know, they would they would get. I don't think you. I mean, I don't think you DFA them, and I. But I don't know if there's a, you know, if there's a any any kind of trade value in a package with him. I mean, I, I really. I really don't know. So I'm I'm on the fence with Pagan only because I, I don't know who they would say. You know what? We got it. We got this young guy's going to pitch just as well. Um, that's that's dangerous because as frustrating as Pagan could be, giving up home runs and in in, in in tough situations, he also got a lot of a lot of outs and it was big league stuff. So I I, I think. I guess my answer is is you keep them unless you got unless you've got somebody else that's got you know that's got ninety seven and and a and a secondary pitch. Yeah, that's a good point, Roy. Um, and the other factor is too, Rocco really likes Varlin as a reliever, and I know Varlin went on the record saying I want to be a, a starter, um, but the, Rocco says this stuff plays up so much better coming out of the bullpen. He could be that guy that could fill the Pagan role next year. I'm leaning. I would bring Emilio back. Emilio back. First of all, it, wouldn't, it shouldn't take that much money. It should take maybe three or four million bucks. I think he's making three point five this year. Um, I'd bring him back for that, or maybe a little bit of a raise. Uh, two, you know, because uh, you got some other options in that bullpen. Um, he could pitch the seventh inning for you, or the sixth inning, uh, a couple of times, and keep him out of. I think. I think he was able to uh, find a groove when the, the Rocco started keeping them out of high leverage situations, they're able to stabilize. So then when they needed them, you know, he, he ended up getting some big outs. So I'd run it, I'd run it back with Emilio. Um, I like his stuff. I like the velocity. And I also like, I like his demeanor. He seems like he, he shakes off bad outings. Um, 
I just, I, I, I just, I just like the guy. Um, so I'd like to have him around again. Two more, uh, two more topics here. Uh, first, Kenta Maeda Lavelle. Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, here's the thing: um, if the Twins have trouble bringing Gray back or finding a replacement for Gray, and I'm looking at you know the free agent starting pitcher market. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's a, re, a, a free agent. Uh, Blake Snell's a free agent. Those are quality guys. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to fish in that deep of the end of the free agent pool. But if they run into trouble, I, if, to me, I would I would wait until like February to see if if uh, if Kenta is still on the market and maybe you could bring him back for a reasonable deal if you have run out of options um, for your rotation. Um, now, Kenta's age and his surgery history isn't good, but I'm starting to think, you know, in the because uh, Chris Paddock had the same surgery as Maeda did. He did Tommy John and also had the primary repair. You know, it's almost like elbow replacement surgery. Paddock thinks he's got a brand new elbow now, and he looked great when he came back. You know, the concerns about, you know, quality of stuff and command, you know, Kenta Maeda's stuff was almost back uh, last year. So I would, I would I'd be a wait and see on Kenta. Um, if you could make a move for a, a – a pitcher closer on the sunny gray range of the scale, uh, I'd go that route. But if you're running out of options in February and camp's about to open, I may have to give Kentel a call. Well, I'm a Chris Paddock fan based on what he, how overmatched the Houston hitters looked when he, when he was in there. I mean, that was, that was incredible uh, to me. He came, he was throwing, he was throwing 97. He had a good change. And he had a shocking, just a shock value curveball. And uh, the game, you know, the, the, the Astros were still in the game when uh, I know the hitters really felt like they were, they were in the game when Paddock uh, came in there. And so they, it wasn't like they weren't trying. And he just, he just stuck it to them. I, I love his stuff. So if you like over and you like Joe Ryan – um, and, and you like Paddock and uh, Pablo Lopez? Um, I don't know. I think it, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough call whether whether Maeda gets back. Uh, and I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna say no. I've been all I've always been a Maeda fan since he was with the Dodgers. And when the Twins got him, I was I was very supportive of uh, of that move. As I've watched him now, and it could be maybe you know another year away from the surgeries, things would uh, would improve, you know, really get better. But his lifeblood is slider split finger, and there were a lot of times when they looked really good, and there were a lot of times when the ball still was sitting right in the middle of the plate, and and hitters just didn't look uncomfortable uh, to me. Uh, with when my, with my eight out there, so I'm I, I don't I, I don't know what their rotation is going to be, and we don't know about you know what they're going to do with Sonny or anybody else. But I think it's I, I think I'm probably a no on my eight because I think there's I think there's probably a different fifth starter out there somewhere that they own or they're going to own. This has been really good stuff. Let's wrap it up with an intriguing name. David Popkins. Let's start with Roy. <laughs> well, I, I don't know enough about uh, about David Popkins. I, I I really I really don't. And and 
I'm not a guy to fire a, a hitting coach um, because uh, guys guys weren't hitting. I think there were. It, it, we've had this discussion before. I think they get they get blamed for too much and get too much credit when, you know, when you know how'd you like to be the hitting coach of the Atlanta Braves? That'd be pretty good. <laughs> um, so I, I, I mean, I, I I would say they would have to have seen something and know something that that I don't know. The team didn't swing the bat the way we thought they would swing the bat this year. Uh, I have no idea how how much of that falls on the hitting coach in this particular case. I, I, I really don't. So I, I'm a, I'm a, you bring them back and, you know, I bring them, I bring them back cause I'm not going to fire them cause I don't know, but they, but they may do that because they know something I, I or they feel somebody else uh, out there, or they feel like with this particular personality of players that they have, they need a different personality. I mean, there's all that kind of stuff that goes on in, you know, for Falvey and Levine and Rocco and I, and, and I, I can't compete. I don't know. The one thing, the one thing that intrigues me about Popkins is when the twins, when the twins office picked up, it came right after um, they made some changes in how they game plan uh, for opposing pitchers. And it sounded like the hitters uh, took on more responsibility and um, to share information and to take the lead in these meetings. Now, is that a reflection? Is that an indictment against how Popkins was spreading information. I mean, if that's the case, then I think you got th- you have to consider a change. But um, the office did pick up as the season went along. It also helped that uh, Royce Lewis was healthy, you know, uh, and he was able to flash his ability. Would, do they get should they get credit for the impact that Lewis has made? You know, he's only played seventy major league games, but he has a nine hundred OPS and and is the most charismatic guy they've had. You know, maybe since Popkins um, is Popkins influenced. Help, helped uh, help uh, Royce with his adjustments to Major League Baseball? I, I don't know. Uh, it's such a hard call. Um, I would love to see James Rawson back, but Ross is under contract with the Tigers, and he's kind of asked me he's getting screwed over there. He was supposed to have a greater role in the offense there, but it has not materialized that way. Um, but, you know, I've always, I've always liked uh, Rawson, and I'd like, like to see him come back uh, in his old capacity here if he wanted the job, but Popkins, I don't know. Um, Rocco didn't. I, I haven't heard any rumblings that would suggest that he's on thin ice or not. So um, I'm, I'm going to say I'll have to. Uh, I mean, if he ends up not coming back, it wouldn't surprise me, and it won't surprise me if he stays. I think they're going to bring him back, and I think that's probably the right call because sec- listen, first half was a abysmal offensive performance. The fact that they were able to right the ship while incorporating young players and we saw a much better approach second half. They were one of the better offensive teams in baseball. We saw a lot of power to the opposite field, a lot of people driving the ball to the opposite field. The fact that they got Kepler going, whether they had anything to do with it or not, or they were just there when it happened. I, I just, I, I, I'm going to default to what Roy was saying is I hate to see coaches get fired unless you just absolutely have to move on. I think the second half of the season means you don't absolutely have to move on. So I, I think he's back, and I think he w- should be back. Uh, hey, this is great stuff. Enjoyed it, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, next week, let's talk more about Kepler, more about the left-handed glut of hitters and who's going to be a long-term uh, twin and who's not. We'll talk about Brooks Lee and his upside atmosphere of the postseason. Uh, for today, thanks, thanks to Roy, thanks to Lavelle, thanks to Brandon, and thank you for listening. We do appreciate it.